for fellowship. Uh, we just thank you for what you're doing. Lord, we pray that you would uh, make our time rich here and as we look at your word. Lord, we also, uh, as Laura and I were discussing, just pray that, that you would move on people's heart to not miss out on the study of your word and the discussion around your word. And so, uh, Lord, we know that you are drawing people and there's just this resistance and, and we don't understand it. Um, give uh, Sharon traveling mercies as I think she leaves tomorrow, Lord, uh, from Southern Cal all the way back. So uh, just give her uh, just a uh, uh, success at the dog show and all that she does, Lord, and we thank you for her. But bring her back safe. Bless our time in your word in Jesus' name. I need a Amen. PS on that. Lord, bring the dogs back safe. Bonnie and Catherine <coughs> would be in agreement on that. Well, they sit in the back of her car. I know. You know, with the storm over there, what did you want yeah. So I mean, she was in like Palm Springs area and had some nice pictures of sunsets and whatnot on Facebook. So well, coming home, she could hit a little, a little. More yeah, better. yeah. She's a pretty independent woman, so. Yeah. Well, well. Well, she had more of an opinion. Still struggling with self esteem issues. We'll see it. Sharon, we love you if you listen we to this. Do love so. You. You guys are just trying to get me not to post. <laughs> well, I can't post this one. <laughs> Edit. All right. So let's look at Matthew. We're just going to pick right up. Uh, you know, we've been um, looking at the, the, a few weeks ago when we left off. It was the woman with the discharge of blood, if we remember right. And the, the 12-year-old girl. 12 years old with the issue of blood. 12-year-old girl and the faith. Um, that Jairus, not a Jew, had um, that, that Jesus responded. And then people laughed at Jesus and we said, that's never a good idea. So let's just start at verse 27. Mm-hmm. And let's go ahead and I'll read through 38, but then we're going to start at uh, 27 through 31. But I want to get a little more context in, in how much we read. So verse 27, and as Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him crying aloud, have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered this house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly warned them, See that no one knows about it. But they went away and spread his fame through all that district. As they were going away, behold, the demon-oppressed man who was mute was brought to him. And, he, and when the demon had been cast out, the mute man spoke. And the crowds marveled, saying, Never was anything like this seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, He cast out demons by the prince of demons. And Jesus went through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. (coughs) So, Back to verse 27, we see this, that um, the mercy of the Lord, first of all, is what we all need. <laughs> I mean, uh, we, we, we say that at the end of our prayer time, you know, uh, um, you know, have mercy, Lord have mercy. And we say that uh, as far as our confession absolution, we need the mercy of the Lord. And again, I think it's really important for us as believers to always live in light of the mercy of the Lord because we are not getting what we deserve. And so again, Matthew is, is constantly using this, this reference to the Messiah, son of David. Um, and that would have been, again, a, a direct uh, reference that this Jesus was the Messiah. So 
uh, we see him highlighted often throughout his work that they say call him son of David and have mercy on us. Um, and again, just for kicks and giggles, the characters in the name of David uh, add up to 14, which Matthew's clear reference to the generations to Jesus at the beginning of his book, showing people that this is the Messiah. Um, uh, so, you know, uh, it, I, not, I don't want to pick on the chosen, but they make Matthew look out to be mm-hmm. fairly uh, obsessive, compulsive, yeah. and very detail-oriented. So this would fit, certainly, <laughs> that he's like, look at this number, and <laughs> these fit uh, correctly. So um, so anyway, uh, and he, was, he was a tax collector, and he had to be good with numbers um, to probably do that correctly. And so it stands to reason that Matthew would include this phrase, son of David, uh, multiple times throughout his narrative. Uh, so again, mercy can be defined as not getting what you deserve. So Romans 3.23 states that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's a, there's a handful of scriptures that I would always encourage people to be fair, fairly familiar with. This is one of them. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. And then Romans 6.23 explains that for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is life right? Eternal life through Jesus Christ. And so therefore we conclude, can conclude that all deserved death because all have sinned because Jesus, the God's word says that. Um, and then, but mercy removes what a person has earned. And we kind of talked about it briefly uh, this morning in the sermon, but grace gives what a person does not deserve. So mercy is the, and here's a, here's a fun thing for us to, to, to think over. Can you have mercy without grace. Can you have grace without mercy? Okay. So again, these are just fun things to think about. Uh, so the reality of the wages of sin is death. So as soon as somebody sins, you know, they, they could be killed, you know, legally as far as before the Lord. Uh, so him not just smiting people all the time is considered an act of mercy. And then them having sustenance for life and being able to live would be considered grace. We as believers are just extremely, hopefully, keenly aware of this fact. Um, and so when we share the gospel with other people, we go, look, this is what we deserve. God has sustained you because he wants, he longs to give you mercy and grace. And he has, but he wants to really make it in full vivid color for you mm-hmm. once you receive the forgiveness of sins. It unfolds like a flower. Um, and so, or a blooming onion from, I haven't had one of those in a long time, so... Um, <laughs> So again, one thing that, that is, is important for us to do is we could conclude that these blind men um, were admitting that they deserved to be blind. In that system, in that, in that, in that uh, culture, you, were, you had an infirmity because, or a disease because of your sin or your parents' sin. Um, so have mercy on us, son of David, is a declaration we deserve to be blind. Because when you say have mercy, it's like, look, I know I deserve my condition, but I'm asking you to remove what I deserve. Um, and so that, it's a great little idea for us to say, but, we, uh, but they were calling upon, again, the mercy of God to act. Is it interesting that uh, when he says the son of David, the Mashiach, the, the scribes and the Pharisees, I mean, they, you know, Jesus knew what they were talking about. These guys knew what they were talking about. Uh, you know, when he says, have mercy on us, uh, it's almost like uh, they, they knew that uh, 
you must have had a pretty good reputation for healing because, I mean, do you believe I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord, we, we believe. Well, and, yeah, we've been seeing it, Matthew, that, all, that, that there's a reputation that Jesus has, right? Well, I was just thinking if you lived in Aberdeen or Rupert or, or some small, and Jesus is walking around, I don't know that, I guess you, I was just wondering, maybe it's not, there's... Man, take, with, take, with social media, it would be instant. Well, it was social media, but they didn't have social media. All right, they, so. All the, but they did have mother-in-laws. <laughs> they had a quilt. No, they, they had a quilting group. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's where I find everything out. <laughs> you know, that was the way that they, you know, when you think back into the Old Testament and when there was news that needed to be given mm-hmm. from town to town, they would send their runners. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that whole account of David um, waiting for the news as to whether, you know, Uriah had been killed or not. Well, I'm waiting from, two, from Jonathan. Can he come back or right, not? You know? Right, the two runners that came and how one outran the other. And so, you know, there it is a, it is very easily a possibility that there were those that were, you know... Well, like the town and the reality is the Roman Empire had built these towns with roads and means that, that they they weren't too far spread apart as as we'll see in November. It wasn't, you know, you, you went you drive on a bus five minutes and then you get off to the next spot and then we drive maybe 10 minutes and you get off. So it's not like it's not like, you, you know. We're going to Sacramento from from our. We're going to Idaho Falls. It's uh, it's it's more like we're going to Chubbuck. <laughs> and people so. are talking along the way. Oh yeah, I'm I sure mean the, was... the the thing that we we don't we we forget or don't think of is it's a very it was densely populated, so word would spread easily. And the, here's the question that we we don't know is how many people before or after, well, um, but certainly before. I mean, people were looking for the Messiah. So had these blind men, we don't know, it doesn't matter. Had these blind men called out to somebody else at some point in time and said, "Have mercy on us." We don't know. What we do know is Jesus was the only one who truly answered them and could do it um, and was able to do it. And and there was a sense of their again, if it was. If their belief was it was a cause of their sin, they realized they were getting what they deserved, much like the one thief on the cross who said, hey, we deserve this. <laughs> you know, the Lord, can you at least remember me, right? You know, where the other one wasn't humble. And, and that's really where to, to really receive and ask for mercy, humility is a key. Uh, we need to remember we're not prone to humility. Maybe you are. No. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's funny my, my humility button might be, yeah. I could approve, let's put it that way. Uh, <laughs> and so I think that there are times where God causes or allows us to know our desperation. And that's my hope when we pray for others. And, you know, sometimes I, I look at others and I'm like, man, what is it going to take for you to be desperate enough to say, I need mercy? What's it going to take for you to, to have a sense of humility? And then I think of my own life and my stubbornness. And, uh, and, and it took a lot. Yeah. And multiple times for the Lord to say, really? Your best thinking, your ideas have ruined you. Um, and to where I'm left with, really, what I feel like the blind man said to David, have mercy. Because I'm getting what I deserve. 
Um, but really my plea often was have mercy for the sake of my, my wife and my children because they didn't cause this. I did, right? So, so, we, so we look at that. And so Deuteronomy 8. Let's, let's dive in and get these fingers working. No digital people here tonight. So <laughs> here we go. Sound effects for the. <laughs> I want everybody to know. For sure, we are all using our actual physical Bibles. What? I haven't said yet. Oh. See, this is my, my lack of humility gone. I'm just going to make you wait now. <laughs> Verse 2 and 3. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And I think that Often, I find this in new believers, especially if they're, they're adults, they have a hard time with, phrase, with, with passages like this. So you mean the Lord intentionally let them walk around in the wilderness um, and suffer? Yeah, he did. Well, they qualified for it, though. He, no. gave, he gave them the command to go enter in. Uh, right, and no, and, 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 you know, and we see that God used other nations to judge Israel, but he also used Israel to judge other nations. I mean, we look at the Philistines. They were judged. We look at, uh, by, by Israel. Uh, the, the Moabites, the, the Amorites, were, were God used Israel to judge them because they were horrible people. I mean, you know, we think we got to, we, well, they're, they're bad compared to, yeah. anyway. And so, but again, so God in his faithfulness though, wanted his people to be acceptable to him and it only comes through humbleness. And so he does allow um, us to go through seasons and times and sometimes might even cause them so that we would realize our complete desperation for the Lord. Psalm eighteen twenty seven. I gave you all of it this time, Steve. I was feeling convicted. <clears throat> and so again, God caused this. He says, and, and back in Deuteronomy, I, I let you do that to humble you. Not you know, He didn't say it once, he says it twice. You were humbled by that. And why? Because verse 27, for you save a humble people, but the haughty eyes you bring down. God desires us to be acceptable to him. And so I think it's good for us to know that God causes us to be humble because, by the way, it would never be our own idea. Right? <laughs> I wouldn't go, well, let me be humble today. Uh, the reality is, let me serve others today. It's, not, it's never really the first thought on my natural mind, although in, but the spiritual man desires that greatly, that I would be a servant of the Lord, that I would be someone who who considers the needs of others above my own. Um, and even in my serving, that it would not be from selfish motives. Uh, you know, like I like to serve Lara coffee at breakfast every day, but I have to wonder how much of that is selfishness or is it really out of a heart that I just want to bless her? And, and, and there's mi- they're mixed together, I'll be honest with you. you. You know, some of it is I just want to help her morning go better so that it's easier for her um, because then it's easier for her. And That's a good thing. 
Well, yeah, but so, but then the other no, I really want to bless her. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so we always have to look at, at our motivations, and and it, as long as we're on this side of heaven, even the purest of motive is going to be tainted by our flesh, um, and so that's why we we say no, look to Jesus, don't look at me, because then they'll see the pure motive that was inspired by the Holy Spirit without the the messing up or the blurring of our um, messy world. Psalm twenty five verse nine. <sighs> And this is a great promise. Again, so God uh, wants to save you, so he causes you to be humble because he can only save a humble people. And verse 9 of Psalm 25, he leads the humble in what is right, and he teaches the humble his way. And, you know, most of us, if we would really think about this, we'll go, well, duh, you can't be taught if you're not humble. <laughs> you know, why do, why do teachers uh, have success a lot of times with elementary kids, because elementary kids don't know as much as the teacher. Right? It's when they get older and they think they know more of the teacher, or you know, that's what sometimes colleges have a, a difficult time with some of the kids, because they're, the kids feel more enlightened and they're not teachable. Um, but usually elementary kids, usually, um, it's, it's getting tougher and tougher, but usually they have a sense of the fact that I don't know what you know, 48 divided by 16 is, three. But, um, you know, they're little sponges, right? But, but so there's this idea of I'm learning all the time because they're, they're little and they're of lowly estate, um, and everything is, is growth to them. Um, but we get smart as we get older. So, but one, again, one of the ways we exhibit humbleness is by acknowledging that our ways are limited and imperfect. And so I love Proverbs three, five, and six, another one that I would say be familiar with. If you can, I'm sure all of you are, once I start saying it, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths or lead your path straight as some say. Um, and so this is uh, such a truism too, right? <laughs> uh, lean not on your own understanding. Um, we long to understand, but even in our understanding, um, in the flesh, it's it's limited, it's flawed, and it's marred by bias. So I can improve. What do we we all can? I mean, I think the the, the improvement is going. You know what? I know some things, but I really don't know a lot. Amen. Um, but God does. Uh, you know, when things are happening in your life, you know, why is this happening? Uh, you know, I think of the 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 football player that had the cardiac arrest on Monday night, and he's doing well. But I don't know if he's a believer or not. But, you know, there's, there's no understanding that I could imagine that would make sense to him that why did this happen to me, right? I'm playing a game I love. I'm in great physical condition. I'm 24 years old. Uh, and this happens. And that's an opportunity for us to go, okay, well, if, if you're a Christian, I don't know why this happened. The reality is it happened, right? So let's put yourself in whatever. Say you have a, a car accident. Oh, God forbid this. But something happens, you know, even when you get sick, right? I mean, I, I know that, that um, you know, why am I getting sick? Some people say, or why, you know, why did this happen? Or, or if you don't feel well, you try to pinpoint exactly why you don't feel well, other than just you're in a world that gets you sick. And, you know, why does my arm, elbow hurt? Why do things aching more than normally do besides age, right? So you try to figure this out and you realize that you really don't know most of the time. And even the doctors don't know sometimes. So, so we trust in the Lord. 
and we lean not on our own understanding because our own understanding is selfish to the core and messed up by our own bias. Psalm 149, verse 4. I love this verse, by the way. <clears throat> Paints a really good picture. So verse 4 of Psalm 149, For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. And that adorning is majestic and, and beautiful. Uh, and so I think sometimes, uh, maybe, maybe I'm only this way, I, I belittle salvation. And go well. Yeah, I'm just not. I, I'm you know my sins are taken away. That's great. And I don't look at it as this is a clothing that I wear that's beautiful and spotless and brilliant. This is this is how He adorns me with salvation. Um, and so I think that that's you know again I find as Christians and especially um, well just Christians. I, I don't want to pick on any one denomination or whatnot. But but I find as Christians we we find some things so normative. You know, we talk salvation talk. We talk about peace and joy and grace and, and all these things and, and salvation, uh, mercy. And we just say them. And I really, I, I find it, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, maybe we should just pause for a minute and really think about what we're talking about. Uh, there's a book by Matt Redman called Face Down, and it's all about, one of the things he talks about is worshiping the otherness of God. God is other than us. So we need to leave room for that because sometimes in our songs, we make him too common. Or if all our songs are common and we don't say, wait a second, there's a majesty and, 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 and to God that we don't totally understand, that we're, there's a mystery left to it. Um, and so one of the things in this book is he, he talks about how he's tried to reserve certain words only for God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, um, I try, and this is years ago, but I try to only use the word awesome if I'm talking about things that the Lord has done mm-hmm. or the Lord himself. It was just for me to go, man, that's a good note. And let me, is there a word for me that I, that I use that maybe needs to be reserved for the Lord? Um, and... And so I started using cool a whole lot more. And then Lars' dad gives me a hard time. He goes, what are you in the 70s? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, cool, man. I am. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. It was interesting over there to agree that uh, when you're talking about American Christianity over there where we have a, a lifestyle where we can compare. But I was just thinking uh, uh, when Bonnie was talking about going over to uh, Eastern Germany or you were talking about going over to, uh, your family going over to India or you know poverty areas where there's massive poverty, Mexico or wherever it is that uh, they seem to have a lot of joy uh, uh, that comes maybe a little easier with with, uh, with, um, with not having so much, maybe. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that there's, um, there is certainly a, a reality of need in certain countries that none of us really understand. Amen. Um, and I mean, not, not that not that we all haven't had moments where we truly have been in need, um, but even in those most desperate of times, I'm like, well, you know, maybe I won't have a meal for two or three day, or two days before my next paycheck comes in, or um, you know, when we were living close to my parents. Uh, you know, we can go visit them and my mom will give me gas money and she'll make sure we have groceries. I mean, that's just what, and so I never really had that. Um, 
I'm not really sure where I'm getting my next meal. And so, you know, even though I've had desperate times and I didn't, I don't think any of us have really had the, the, the depth of, of, of poverty that some of these other countries have where they really don't know where their next meal comes. And when they do get a meal, no matter how little it is, they rejoice greatly because they got a meal. I was just so. saying, my buddy over there with his dog on the corner over there, Bonnie, Bonnie feeds him dollar, dollar, dollar bills. Is this the veteran? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I was going to say that, uh, you know, I find it amazing that uh, I was over there gassing up when he was buying a pack of cigarettes over there. <laughs> but, it, but he wasn't on his phone, which was good. But the point of it is, is even in our poverty, if you yeah. really wanted to and knock on a door, I'm not so far you wouldn't have to knock on too many and someone give you a peanut butter or a PG sandwich. No, you're, you're, you're right. We, we, if you can humble yourself. And that's the thing. And, and, but even in those countries, you see that they are blinded by um, false religions. And, and so I think even, I don't know, the, the desperation of human, humankind is consistent across the board. And so when the Holy Spirit is revealing it to you, no matter whether you're in great uh, flourishing or in complete desperation of poverty, the, the issue is the same. We need the mercy of God. Amen. Um, because this life is temporary. Uh, I was talking with Mike and Mig today. I was, just, I, mean, I was thinking about this like yesterday, how my parents are 79. And that's you know 28 years from now for me. Not, but just thinking, man, in 28 years... Our granddaughter will be 33, you know, the oldest granddaughter, and we'll have a 31-year-old a grandson and a 29-year-old. I mean, we could be having great-grandchildren very easily in the next 20 years, like but in about 20 years marriages and whatnot. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, time just, it does. It, you know, I know my parents used to always it say does, that, but, yeah. but it, it does. It really goes by so quickly. Yep. Um, that you stop and go, wow, this is a short time. Uh, and I know that when you're young and you're trying to be successful and you're trying to raise children or make a living or whatnot, it feels like you know you never get out of this season. But as we get older, and, and since I feel like we can all have that conversation in this room, <laughs> you look back and you go, pretty cool. life's pretty quick. <laughs> you, you know, uh, it wasn't too long ago that you were just chugging away on a railroad and you thought, man, you're going to do that for the rest of your life. And now you don't know what to do with yourself. Yeah, there you, you go. Just <laughs> shovel snow. I was just I was having a visual uh, picture of uh, my buddy telling me about the toilet paper roll. He says, at the end of the roll, boy, that baby's spinning fast. Oh. No, yeah. No, it's a good, yeah, no, it's a, it's a good analogy. Yeah. It's a really yeah. good analogy. Like, you know, you start to really spare a square. When you get, well, when you, square. you're like, look, I don't have to change it. Can, <laughs> how little can I get away with? But when you put a, you know, like the Costco rolls on, you put them on and, and they won't even come off because, you know, they're so big. You're like, oh, I'm tearing it. And then, and then you get towards the end. It's like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, and, that, and sometimes I'll do that. Is there another roll in the because I don't want to leave her without a role. I, I, try, I try to be That's nice that way. Well, I try. <laughs> she puts up a lot with me, so, uh, you know. Uh, so James 4, verse 6. Again, a lot of these uh, themes and verses are, are fairly familiar to most of us. Uh, and I think there's a reason why they are, because uh, we need to be reminded of them often. Um, James 4, verse 6 uh, says this, but he gives more grace. 
Therefore it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Right? Uh, and it, it's so clear. It's not, it's not difficult, right? You know, he gives grace to the humble. So when the, the blind men cry out, Son of David, have mercy on us, there's, there's, that's all humility. They're like, we can't do anything. We need you. Um, and so that's great for us. First Peter 5. Five and six. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Verse six. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. And what's interesting is as we look back at Exodus, um, you know, we see that, that Peter taps on, and Peter's one to talk about humility, right? But he's like, humble yourselves. Uh, because you know what? It's better to say, I want to have an attitude of, of humility before the Lord than for God to humble you. Right? <laughs> and, and that's really, I think, uh, you know, I think it's Peter's, Peter's grace to the people who are in <laughs> Trust me, humble yourselves because you will be humble. Oh yeah, um, and and what and my, our prayer always is that you're humbled before you are standing before the judgment seat of Christ, because that's a different kind of, of humbleness um, that you will experience. We fortunately, um, God wants us to exhibit Christ, who humbled Himself, uh, and again, so when we humble ourselves, we're responding to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives that is in line with the very nature of Christ. Right, which is he humbled himself, why? To serve others and to glorify God. So uh, the gateway to mercy, though, is humbleness. And so uh, it's not that God doesn't want to give you mercy, but you don't want to receive it if you're proud. Because you're like, I don't need that. Uh, Exodus chapter 25. I said Exodus earlier, but Deuteronomy was the one that we talked about them being humbled in the wilderness. Exodus 25. And we'll start at verse 17. Because the gateway again to mercy is, is humbleness. And these are the instructions of the Ark of the Covenant. You shall make a mercy seat, verse 17, of pure gold. Two cubits and a half shall be its length, and a cubit and a half its breadth. And you shall make two cherubim of gold. Of hammered work shall you make them on the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherub on the end and one cherub on the other end. One of one piece with the mercy seat shall you make the cherubim on its two ends. The cherubim shall spread out their wings above, overshadowing the mercy seat with their wings. Their faces one to another toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubim be. And you shall put the mercy seat on the top of the ark, and the ark you shall put the testimony that I shall give you. There I will meet with you, and from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim that are on the ark of the testimony, I will speak with you about all that I will give you in commandment for the people of Israel. Again, this was behind the Holy of Holies when Jesus died on the cross and gave up his spirit. The veil that kept people from seeing this mercy seat was torn in two from top to bottom and all attention was given to the place where God meets people and that is in mercy. 
Well, you, well, I, I was listening to some, I don't know if it was a YouTuber or where it was, but I was talking about that uh, in the third temple over there, that uh, God, or in the millennial kingdom, that God will be sitting on the mercy seat. Well, I mean, he'll be on the throne, and we're assuming that that's going to be the mercy seat, we believe. Yeah, I was just, I was just going to say. It would make sense. It would make sense, um, but I, uh, since they don't have the, the Ark of the Covenant, uh, but I was just going to say that maybe they'll come up with something. Yeah, I mean, the, the challenge we have with that is everything before the new heaven and the new earth is a foreshadow and a picture. Oh, right. Um, and so how much of it really transfers... I mean, those of us who are beholding the Lamb of God and the light that is coming from the throne is our light that lights our days. Um, how, I think we're going to be extremely aware of the fact that the way we got here was mercy and grace. So we will live in saturation of mercy and grace. So do we need, do we need those visual representations um, that we need in the flesh or not? I mean, it's one of those things that we, we can speculate. We don't know. I mean, well, we, I we, we will not think the way that we think today. Um, which is, well, very good. But, I mean, we're not going to be hindered by our inability to, to see clearly the things of God um, and understand them clearly. Our flesh won't get in the way. So it's one of those things where... Um, that mystery will no longer be... Right. I mean, it's one of those things, do, I, do we... Okay, because on this, we're so um, keenly aware of our need for mercy because we're still clothed in flesh. But when we're not clothed in flesh and our and we will see him like he is, for we will be like him, and and the and the immortality will replace mortality, and perfection will replace imperfection. Will that? Yes, I think we'll be aware of it. But will we need that constant representation? Because we'll be in the very presence of He who. So I don't know. It's one of those things. Doesn't matter really. I mean, I don't even. We won't even be thinking about it when we're up there. So if you have a list for God, just. No, no. Just get rid. No, I'm not. I know you don't. Just get rid of it, because <laughs> it's you're gonna go. Oh, I brought the. No, we're having the list. I don't need it anymore. <laughs> so again, the mercy seat was the place where God would meet the high priest every year when Jesus died on the cross. We see that veil that's torn, and so mercy is now available to all. One of my actually my favorite VBS moments since we've been here was two years ago when uh, the last day we tore the veil and watching. I wish we would have been videoing the kids because the look on the kids' face. Um, was I'm like you know I want to look I want it when I think of the mercy of God I want that to be my I mean they were just astounded and and amazed at you know a piece of cardboard that had been cut out and painted gold I mean right I mean it wasn't like I mean it was done well but it wasn't like it was but for them and it was the culmination of well, the week yeah the, and, I think the way too that the way that the, yeah the veil came apart. It actually too. worked. So yeah. that's when you're... <laughs> you uh, so, uh, so the blind men were asked a question by Jesus, right? And this is an interesting narrative. Um, and, 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 and yeah, <laughs> Did they believe he could heal them? Um, and they said yes. And, and I wonder how often... Um, and I think the reality is when we are completely at a real true place of humility and humbleness... It, it's it's more than help me Obi-Wan Kenobi you're my only hope right it's like Jesus there is no way out of this the only hope I have is in you so if he says do you believe it and I often say I believe but help me in my unbelief but there's no other way there's just no other way and that's why I always you know, joke about the pastor that when I would say let's pray he'd say has it come to that because that's the reality is like um, you know one thing I appreciate about about Steve is he, he, he um, well he have no concept of time 
let me give 30 seconds. Yeah, I'm going to start, you know, but, yeah, <laughs> but, but one of the things, and I know some of the reasons you do it, you know, we were at a pastor, I think you were there at a pastor leaders conference where he says, don't just tell people you're going to pray for them. Stop and pray because you'll forget, <laughs> you know, you'll forget to pray for them. So just say, let's pray right now. And so I, I appreciate that. Um, that that's something that God has worked in you because you wouldn't have thought about it on your own. Well, you just like, you'd be like, whatever. Um, and so pray, let's pray about it right now. And it doesn't have to be these long drawn out prayers. It's just, Lord, hey, I need you. Let, uh, Son of David, have mercy on me. That's, that's all they were saying. Um, so Jesus healed them according to their faith. In verse 30, though, we see this weird interaction that we've seen with Jesus at, at more and when we read the Gospels. Jesus sternly warns them not to tell how they had been healed, <laughs> but we see to no avail, right? Uh, uh, yeah, they went out and spread and his fame grew. Now, well, uh, there's been lots of discussion of why Jesus says these things, um, but what I want to pull out of that is when Jesus works on our behalf and we're aware of it, um, I think it's impossible to withhold tell telling others. Uh, and so when, when someone has, you know, come around to they've been healed or they've had some miraculous in their life and finally, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I guess that was God that did that. I'm like, do you really understand what happened when God has really done? And that's why when people receive the forgiveness of sins and they're changed from darkness or from light, uh, from darkness and they're a new creation in Christ and they just go about normally in their day. I'm like, I, and again, I'm not the judge, but I'm like, did that really happen? You say yeah, uh, you know, but, you know, so I look at someone like uh, uh, Caroline, who, I gotta find out where she was, I'm sure they'll tell me, but, um, you, you know, who calls up Tara and says, I can't be LDS anymore, but I, I, there's something missing in my life, this was three months ago, well, just come to church, so she starts coming from Blackfoot, the next thing you know, uh, he's explaining, Matt's explaining communion to her. So she, after a few weeks, comes up to communion and then just, I need to be baptized. And so that's, to me, someone is like, oh yeah, you have, there's been a change in your life. Um, but again, it's too easy. Uh, I think we're, oh, I don't want to get on soapbox. I think we misrepresent in American Christianity what the true gospel is. Mm -hmm. You can have everything and it wouldn't be nice not to feel guilty too. I mean, that's really, that's, to me, that's really what we sat under for years. Don't, don't you feel guilty? Don't you want to not feel guilty? And don't you want to not go to hell? Like, you, you, and, you know, I remember sitting there going after some time, that's really not the gospel message. <laughs> I mean, you get forgiveness of sins. You get heaven thrown in, right? But you get reconciled to God and are at peace with God because of what Jesus did. That's the gospel. And then that happens because he's forgiven you of your sins. That, and then now you have less guilt or, you know, you're, you can live un, un, without condemnation. And by the way, you get heaven too. Uh, so I, I feel like sometimes it's, we, 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 it, it, we cheapen it to make the quick sell, right? Mm. Hey, you feel guilty, right? I mean, if you're in church, by the way, and you're not saved, you feel guilty. <laughs> you're uncomfortable. Uh, and you know, that was something that, that, you know, you know, you're kind of squirming in your seat, your palms are sweaty. I'm like, yeah, it's cause I've been sitting for an hour listening to you talk. So, you know, well, everyone's got to pee, no. <laughs> but, um, you know, so there's, there's an art of manipulation that, that can easily happen, um, at altar calls. Now, I'm not saying they're, I'm not negating all of them. I, I'm not saying that there's not value in them, but there's a, there's a, the proof to me is let me see you in a month. 
after you after you've made a profession of faith. Uh, so, anyway, uh, so anyway, it's hard. I believe that it's truly impossible if God has really saved you, if God has really done a work that you give Him the credit for. Only it's impossible not to share it. Simple as that. Um, because, I mean, he knew these blind men were going to go off and share. It wasn't like, he's like, oh, well, you know what? You're blind again. <laughs> you wouldn't share. No. It, it, it was just, it, it, you know. I could wait to tell people. Well, well, yeah. Right, right. I was going to say, right. it's, it's exactly what you were sharing this morning in your sermon about that, um, the light, you know, that it doesn't, God sets it on a hill. And he doesn't, you know, he puts it on a stand. Mm-hmm. And so he is the one who, I mean, when that work has transpired in a person's life, he is doing it. Right. So, and that's you know, And that's the challenge, right? It, anytime we think that we have to do something in order for God to be pleased or honored, we're going to get in the way. It's, and that's the, the, the tough thing because it feeds the flesh to say, well, I just need to do this. And all the things that usually people are doing are great. I need to pray more, need to come to fellowship more, need to sing songs more, need to be in the word more. All these things are awesome. But if we're doing that because we feel the sense of we have to in order to, um, then there's a problem, right? It's, so when I approach scripture, it's like, man, you know, Lord, because you know, for me, and I, I don't want to sound arrogant but you know I, I've read all of this multiple times and I and so for me I approach it go Lord let me see so that's why when I was studying for Sunday for this morning I'm like yeah normal epiphany Sunday yeah wise men still seek him it's up on there you know it's for the Gentiles you, you know this we approach Jesus the same way you know uh, and all this but I'm like well what about this star um, and so uh, it just was something I had never really kind of caught my attention before that well the star revealed jesus that's what we do we our our god has left us here put us on the lampstand to shine why so people can see the see jesus and where he is so anyway so that's how i that's how i encourage all of you to approach the word you know because i think most of you are pretty familiar with god's word um so let's look at it and go lord is there something here that you want to speak uh specifically mark well, I was just going to say, and when you see, you know, the accounts in, in God's word, when he, has, when he has done that work in a person's life, he uses them to guide others to that same conclusion, that they need Christ. Well, yeah, that they, Ephesians, they, when, when light shows up, it shows the condition that someone's asleep. You know, and you've probably been there when the light turns on and you're asleep. You don't want it. <laughs> like, you know, just get away. So I like the summer's here. It never gets dark, right? You know, that's why I could never live in Alaska. But I think the question remains for us, um, and it's not to put a, a, a condemnation or guilt, but it remains or not whether we truly believe Jesus has done a work in and, th- and upon our lives. Not just that moment where we recognize that we needed a Savior, but continually. Uh, living in the light of his mercy and 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 again i think that when we get that rhythm um it and our lives are just jesus because we realize it's not our own anymore it just comes out naturally uh it doesn't take long if i if i meet somebody um and i you know if i have a a decent conversation with them and i've never met before it it will come up at some point in time within probably 10 to 15 minutes because inevitably 
you know, you start talking about life. And why are you in Pocatello? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> you know, oh no, I said a bad word. I know. You know, me too. You're, yeah. I said I thought it when you said it. But no, just kidding. But um, yet the warning, I think what we can get from this warning from Jesus is, is sometimes that the tendency to focus on the miracles and not the message. Because Jesus' message was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. His message was there's a way. And I think that when people were going and sharing all the, the healings that he was doing, it, dis, it, it distracted. Because the healings, he, if, you, if you recognize what he was doing, the healings were, were proof of who he was, not to be the attention of who he was. And so I think that a lot of times, you know, obviously some things had to come into play first, but even them going and sharing and his fame growing was part of that, getting to the point where the Pharisees had to deal with him. But again, Jesus never wants us to focus on the miracles, but on he who caused the miracle. And it's easier for us to focus on the miracles. It's easy to um, get on the guys over there. They went out and spread what, what Jesus had done. But I was just going to say, if you're blind and you're going around like that and all of a sudden you're open up, mm-hmm. your whole life, it's like us dying and you're going, well, I'm floating over my body and the light comes over there and you're, 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 you know, you're gone, you're dead, you're, you're in a whole new realm. And, and I mean, you, what I'm, it, you know, how can you not have wonder and joy? Yeah. No, and I think that, that um, again, when we focus on what Jesus can do for us and not on who Jesus is, um, I think we, 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 we miss the point. Because, again, that is the challenge with American Christianity is that, that the focus tends to be very self-focused. Um, it is a balance uh, because we see in the Psalms, hey, God, you've done all this, now I will praise. So there is a place where we say that. But if you, if you listen to Christian radio at all, um, it's very hard to sift through a lot of the songs uh, and say which ones truly use me or I or we to serve the purpose of exalting God versus look what you've done for me. Um, and, and even in my hymns growing up, um, you know, save from sin today every Something is, what's the word? But I am a child of God. I mean, it's all about me being a child of God. Now, I will testify. I will testify. I have peace from heaven. I am a child of God. So again, a lot of, even though it's a great thing to say, and I encourage us to see ourselves as children of God, when we're praising the Lord, the attention needs to be on him and not what he's done for us. So does that, what he's done for us serve? Absolutely. I was a sinner. He saved me. Glory be to the Lord. And that's the end of it, right? I was blind. Now I see. I love that with the, the blind man when they're questioning him. And he's like, all I know is I was blind, but now I see. And that's the dude, right? That's the guy. I, I don't know where he's a sinner or not. In fact, I didn't even see him because he made me go away before I knew he was. And he came to me later. So, you know, so because um, then again, Jesus gets all the credit. In verses 32 through 34, we have this controversy from the Pharisees over the ability of Jesus to cast out demons. Um, again, this is uh, we see great retort from Jesus in other passages um, about this, and he goes, "A house divided against itself will fall." Um, and so, uh, in fact, you know, Jesus had clarified this, I think, back in Mark or over in Mark chapter three, um, uh, 
22 through 27, we have a similar, this wasn't the first time that they had said this to him. And, uh, you know, so we have that he casts out demons or he is possessed by Beelzebul and by the prince of demons, he casts out demons and he called them and said to them, how can Satan cast out Satan? And, and again, what I love about Jesus, he's like, you guys are not even making sense. You, your, your reasoning is flawed. Um, and if a kingdom is, divided, it, kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And so we see that Jesus is like, you guys don't really understand how things work. Now, if we look at like um, mobsters and mafia, you know, they're not serving out of love for the boss, the mob boss. They're serving out of, I could be killed. Because that is a house divided. And in fact, every single mob story that you watch or read, there's infighting and it's divided. And the mark of uh, the, the, the kingdom of Christ is unity and not division. And so uh, that's just interesting. But again, no, people who reject Jesus will make false accusations about him. It's simply, well, you're doing this for that. No. <laughs> and they'll make up stuff that doesn't really stand to reason. It's interesting when you said that people will make up stuff. Um, I'll, may, oh, I know, it was Chuck Smith that I was listening to tape. He says, you tend to look like the God you serve, you know, when they make stuff up. Mm-hmm. No, you're doing that because everyone's a liar. You can't trust anyone. Or this guy's a thief. Or what, you know, you, you tend to, the very thing that you're accusing other people, you, you might, it is a good possibility. And there was great division among the Pharisees. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and the religious leaders. There, there was not... Uh, 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 unity there. So again, uh, verse 35 to 38 that we read, we see the mission of Christ clearly. He preached the gospel and he healed. Because it says he goes around, he's healing people, he's preaching the gospel. Verse 36 explains the heart of God for mankind. And this is again one of my favorite parts of scripture. And I always ask that the Lord would give me this heart and this eyes and these eyes for the people around us. Uh, we are a people harassed and helpless. And I think that uh, the challenge that we've had we have often, and not to pick on, on any of us, but sometimes we have expectations from others. You know, like I think of government, right? They, they should know better. No, they don't. If, they're, if they are not functioning as a new believer, as someone who's been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, they don't know better. They are helpless and harassed. And, and sometimes I don't look at our 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 government leaders as helpless and harassed but that's really they are harassed and helpless and and so i always ask the lord to help me to see them as this because my heart is typically not to see them as that it's like you guys are fools you know better you are doing this on purpose to destroy me well, right i take it very personal I, yeah. well i think it, it goes sounds, back sounds to that mercy does. right because right. we are when we say things like that we are we are making that accounting for them in saying how foolish they're being because they're not abiding by the law, the law of God, right? I mean, their own laws. <laughs> right, right. So they've, they've made themselves out to be a farce. So we are holding them to an accountability, but it truly isn't the mercy that we're talking about here. Well, but we're so not... When we, yeah. We so t- when we do that, when we, when we have that, that idea of... Well, they should know better. It's because we're holding them to that that law, that right. that con- that condemnation, that standard of law. That yeah is right, but 
where is our heart? Still executed in, through my flawed thinking, right. though. Where right? is our right. heart of, yeah. of having God's heart? And having well, mercy? and that's you know that's a challenge. When we pray for every week, we pray for the nation. I have to go. Why do I want? Why do I want revival in the land? Why do I want it? Right. Typically, it's for my convenience. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so everyone yeah. will think like me. It'll be a lot easier, yeah. right? Yeah, Instead so of going, wait, no, God's heart. Fool and the idiot. Well, yeah. but God's heart is that they would be saved. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes my heart is, yeah, they'd be saved, but so I can get the benefit. Yeah. Is really it right? And and it's a challenge. I mean, I think of of the one pastor's wife that would tell you if you had neighbors that you didn't like, I just pray that Lord save them or move them. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, why? Because you don't want to deal. Because you don't want to deal with horrible neighbors anymore, right? And and it's again. It, and but again, we see people because we need to look at them as they are helpless and harassed. And again, we don't think they're helpless, and we don't think they're harassed, but they really are. And God's eyes sees them this way. I mean, Jesus was looking at the crowds. There were all kinds represented in the crowds, and there would have been religious leaders and Pharisees and potentially Roman officials in all this. Well, and as the fulfillment of the law, he totally, of anyone, could, could have, like, no compassion for them, right? Mm. Because he... Fulf- now it's a philosophical discussion. Could Jesus not have compassion when his very nature of God is compassion? But I mean, being so... God, being God who has to condemn sin and has to condemn foolishness. I mean, he so... put up with a lot. Yeah, he may might wait four hundred years before he does. Right, yeah. right. So no, I mean... it's tough. He deals with sin, yeah. right? But he deals with it through his nature of love because he is love. So so again even us saying he has to deal with it we come we 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 think more wrathful well, no, almost I'm just saying right as as no, yeah. as the as the fulfilled law. He is the written word of God, right? So he is the law of God fulfilled. Right. So even in himself is the accounting for all this foolishness and the, paid the, price the, for it. the counting of it right yeah right but yet in his mercy so of anybody who could that's all i'm saying no yeah i mean if anybody i mean god has the right to have mercy on who he wants right. to have mercy and not because he's god uh his heart is to have mercy on all because he sees right. them as harassed and helpless and so my prayer always is that we would See, when we're going down the street, when people are driving erratically and or they're, I mean, I'm having a harder and harder time in the supermarket with people. I mean, I, they need to put turn signals and brake lights because they're just kind of meandering everywhere. Or they Stay sit up and they, middle. yeah, and they no. sit up their cart across. The, I'm like, are you the only person in this store? So, Excuse me. Um, Excuse me. Like man, I can go back to California, go to Trader Joe's to get this kind of customers. But um, so, but but I think that I have to always have that heart because usually for me, when I go to the grocery store, I'm going in to get stuff and get out. I'm not I'm not dilly dallying. I have a list. Let me go get it. And they get in the way and they make me forget my list sometimes. So because That's so I just funny. no, it's true. I know I've been there, but I don't I see that. But right, but I don't see them as helpless and harassed. Right. Yeah. Well, so. and, and again, I mean. It just proves Jesus' perfectness. Well, yeah. I mean, the fact yeah. that he, the fact that he can, he can dwell among us. 
in all of our yuck. Well, I think of, of, of our children, right? You know, you have kids. And even when they're little snot bags, right? And you just, you know. All you want to do is just... You, you still, well, you do want to go, you just, so you just yeah. need, well, yeah. Let me, you know, let me, put, let me give you some good rest. But, but you still long for them to not be fools. Right, yeah. You're like, you are just, you are lost and you're acting the fool and God has so much better for you. And so I see that if I feel that way, you know, and I feel that for the, the, the kids in our congregation, for the parents in our congregation who are struggling. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? what Tomorrow's point on there. You know, when you, when you said there, what popped in my mind was, you know, Jesus on the cross says, "Father, forgive them, for they know." You talk about our yuck. He's dying on the cross for your sin. He's spilling his blood, and and they're, you know, you got morons saying, you know, he could save others, but he can't. So he come down from the cross, and we'll believe in you. Just you know, Satan and energizing, taunting, and whatnot. You know, I'm just thinking to be able to come up and say, "Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing." You know, you know, I'm just. We don't. Because he looked at them and he's like, you guys are harassed and helpless. And I'm like, man, you know, so Lord help us because we, we need, we need that. We need the Lord's heart to come through us. You know, so I think of, of someone like Mary that, that, that Bonnie has the pleasure of dealing with, right? I mean, you know, Mary Lou, Mary Lou, and you're like, which Mary are we talking about? No, and and I think of, I think of, you know, um, how how difficult it can be with people sometimes because you're like, um, you're acting like you shouldn't, but they're harassed and held. And that's hard for me. That is very hard. For you, you know, what Laura and I were talking Even about this. No, yeah. yeah. Laura and I were talking about this. You know, I was sharing with the pastor's prayer group on, on Thursdays that I lack empathy for people who don't make church a priority. It's just me. I, I've, I've, I've wrestled with it for years. I've gotten past the point where I'm mad at them and I feel like they're getting ripped off instead. Um, and, but I don't, I really truly don't have an understanding, right? I just, it, it, there's no understanding. And I realize that's a blind spot for me that I just, um, and so, uh, you know, I have to pray that I don't think ill of them and feel like, man, they're just being harassed right now. Um, and they're just, you know, and I need to have more compassion um, because, you know, different environment that, that I grew up in, different, you know, everything that I, and so I just wrestle with that. And so I'm confessing that. So whoever listens to this and you guys pray that I would have compassion for that. Not only are we praying, but I'm... I'm praying that we screw up and that the whole church comes at one time. I mean, and I... I'm praying that I'm just, I don't miss a Sunday. <laughs> no, I, no, yeah. I know, but I, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying that there, 